Body language speaks as loud as words. So the way you move your body is a mode of communication. What's your body language? Do you want to know? Well, today in the Waste Up Wardrobe Studio, we're going to crack the body language code. And to help us do that is our expert who's here in the studio in the Waste Up Wardrobe Studio is going to share everything we need to know about how to be aware of our nonverbal communication when it comes to being in our virtual office. But you know the drill. If you want to learn what she's going to say, you're going to have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Bartanian, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally on camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hi, Virtual Nation. Welcome to another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. This is episode 21, and we are so thrilled to be here again. Um, Rick, my producer, is behind the scenes in the green room making everything go around. So thank you, Rick, and shout out to Rick Moscoso, who makes this show go round. I'm so thrilled that you're here today because today we're going to be talking about a super interesting topic. Now, we are definitely Waste Up Wardrobe. We are geared towards teaching our audience about how to show up in the virtual world, looking great on camera and having a successful Zoom room and, and virtual office. But what we're going to discuss today will translate into all areas of your life. It's about body language. Did you know that when the way you communicate, the way you move really um, can speak louder than words or at least as loud as words? And that Things that you do with your face, with your hands, with your posture actually give an impression to people um, and, and say something about you. So you want to be aware of what your body language is pretty much at all times, especially when you're in your virtual office. So today... We have a really special guest in the virtual, uh, in, in the, in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio, and she's going to share everything we need to know to show up on brand, um, and, um, really communicate in the, uh, uh, communicate and be aligned with our brand in the way that we communicate with our body and the way that we move. It's such an interesting topic. There's so much psychology behind it. So we're going to jump right in. But again, I'm going to remind everybody that this is a dialogue. We want to hear what you have to say. We want your questions. We want your comments. Uh, we want to be able to really give you as much value as possible and have, have our expert educate you so that you can be completely aware of how to make this content work for you um, in your professional life. So Without further ado, I want to really start bragging about our, our guest expert today. Carla Gradine is the Saskatchewan's uh, foremost expert in body language and nonverbal communication. If somebody doesn't know where Saskatchewan is, it is in Canada. And I'm probably not saying it properly, but, um, but uh, definitely... Um, in Canada. Um, she is a certified body language trainer with a bachelor in education and commerce. 
Carla applies scientific research about human behavior and relationships to help entrepreneurs. So this is so interesting because, you know, there's so much in business that we have to pay attention to. And to have this insight is so valuable to, to corporate leaders, to entrepreneurs and public figures who want to hone their people skills and confidently lead teams connect with clients and read the room, which, you know, if you are have the ability to read the room, what an advantage you have, right? She offers workshops, private coaching and keynote sessions, both in person and online. So everybody help me welcome Carla Gradine to the Waste Up Wardrobe show. Hi, Carla. Good, mo Hi. good morning. Or good, good morning. Good afternoon. Good it's wonderful to have you here. We are so excited about having you in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio. I've heard you speak and the, the, the value that you offer your audience is so interesting and it's stuff that we don't really think about, but it's mm. so much there. It's kind of like gravity. You, you can't see it. You don't know about it. You're not aware of it, but it's there, right? You know it's there. So this is sort of that kind of thing that paying attention to would really up-level us in business and in our everyday lives. Um, you know, I just a little bit about Waste Up Wardrobe, the podcast itself. This is a series of shows, Carla, that is really designed to give the viewer um, the ability to design and build their best, most outstanding, super successful um, virtual office. And mm. I think, and it's not just about the clothes because I am an image consultant, but it's about everything that goes into this box. So right. today's show is sort of that that mental preparedness that that entrepreneurs should have when they show up on camera. Um, and I just want to start by asking you, you know, uh, I mean, you are um, an expert at at body language and and how to really um, make it work for you and be aware of it. Um, tell us, like, tell the audience a little bit why you think body language is so important uh, when you're communicating. So I love how you equated it to like, this is this underlying gravity that's always there, right? Like we've been doing this since birth, this body language and nonverbal communication. And did you know in one tenth of a second, we can thin slice somebody. That means that we just look at their headshot online or they come up on a Zoom call or we just glance across the room at them and we can tell habits, characteristics and judgments about somebody. And what's so amazing about that, we call it our first impression obviously, but we are 76% correct at judging a book by its cover. Wow. That's amazing. We're really good at it. But what's yeah. so baffling is, is that when you typically ask people, so how did you do that? Like, how did you decide that she drove a minivan or a car or that she was confident or not confident or she drove, drinks coffee or tea? How did you decide that? Most of us will go, I don't know. But everyone else get, gets that same impression as well. So I teach the science behind that so that you can understand what's happening in the room. And also then you can turn up that dial. So you take that 76% and you turn it to 96% and you're aware of and can craft the impressions that you want for people. That is fascinating. I don't, thin slicing is actually a concept that I learned from the book Blink. We're, oh. we're, we're about first impressions, right? <clears throat> and how experts have that gut feeling. And it's so interesting as human beings, we have this sort of built in uh, rad radar almost, right? Of how right. to read people. And right. I, I think it's so fascinating. And really for the audience, can you just d define again what thin slicing is? Um, 
Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, so it's it's our ability to just to take a look at somebody and be able to decide habits, characteristics, and judgments about them. So just in a couple of seconds of an interaction. So this is really powerful because what's happening is, is you haven't even had a chance to say anything or to speak or introduce or somebody to get to know you. So they're making all kinds of decisions behind the scenes. Now, some people might say, well, no, I don't do any of those judgments, right? Like I, I reserve my judgments for later, but the reality is, is that it's happening in your subconscious mind, which is responsible for 95% of our daily decisions, reactions, and habits, judgments. So your subconscious mind is there keeping you safe. And the reason why this, um, processes are happening in our subconscious mind is because it can happen so quickly. It can react so quickly. It doesn't decide right from wrong. It's just doing these things. So sometimes we um, would say that we're not consciously, rationally, we're not making a decision or a judgment about somebody, but subconsciously you are. It happens for all of us to keep us safe. And what happens, the reasons why we're doing that is we're really trying to tell other people's intentions. Like, what are their intentions behind the words? So I could say to you, mm -hmm. I'm so happy to be here today. Or I could say to you, I'm so happy to be here today and use exactly the same words, right? So we're trying to understand what somebody is thinking by using the nonverbal communication, and that gives us the intentions behind the words. So we all know that um, it's not what you said, it's how, how you, you say it, right? And that people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. feel. Yeah. Right. Oh, what a wonderful way to, um to, to kind of demonstrate that, you know, people really, they, they, they think about, they, they remember how you treated them. Right. And, mm. and the way you act has a lot to do with that. Wow. That is, um, I, I already know this conversation is going to get more and more interesting. Um, so on, on camera, because waste up wardrobe does focus a lot on how you show up on, um, zoom or in their virtual office. Do you agree that, you know, the, the, the way you communicate, even though it's through a lens is really as, as loud as the words that you can say, I mean, it kind of goes aligned. It's aligned with what you just said, but do you agree with that? Absolutely. This is uh, as important on camera as it is in person. In fact, where this became really at the forefront of people's mind was back in 1960 in the first ever presidential debate. Wow. What happened was, is the people who had listened to the debate, as they always had and only could, was sure that Nixon won. But the people who watched the debate for the very first time thought that Kennedy won. And Kennedy did win that debate. And because of it, there was not another televised debate for 16 years. So they understood like, wow, there's some powerful stuff in this nonverbal communication. And we just don't want to touch it until we understand how to harness that because it's making or breaking careers. And it can make or break a connection. You can show trust on camera, you can create connections on camera. And it is important to show up on camera the same way um, that you would in, in person. And in fact, especially if you're on Zoom call and there's quite a few people in the room, don't think that they're just watching the person who's speaking. They're watching yeah. everybody in the room. And so you now are on show or on camera. We all are becoming TV experts now. Even if you're just a little square on a Zoom call that you're participating in, people are looking for, for your reactions as well because we are social creatures. And so we wanna know, does somebody agree? Do they look disinterested? Do they look bored? Or are ours is what they're saying landing? 
That is such a good point. People don't realize that if they're in a, a conference with multiple people on camera, that people are kind of scanning the room, right? And yes. I mean, I know I do it. It sounds like it's a common thing to do from your experience. And um, and we're reading everybody. So that is a really good point. So not not only if you're the speaker or you're the focal point, should you be thinking about how you're showing up from a body awareness standpoint, but also if you're even if you're just in the background and if you're on camera, you should really pay attention to that. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I, I call it a powering on. So we have this innate ability to understand or what winners and what losers look like. Mm -hmm. And actually, we're always trying to look for a winner and a loser because we like to surround ourselves with winners. So our mind affects our body and our body affects our minds. Like, would you agree that we could think ourselves sick? Like our mind affects our body. Mm. Yes. Yes. And so on the opposite part of that, our body affects our mind. So if you think of this, if you've been sick for a long time, let's say you've been sick, pretend, think back to the last time you were sick for five days and you eventually got sick and tired of being sick and tired. What do you do? You probably shower or try to put on something better. That might just be it. But what you're trying to do or go for a walk, you're trying to elevate your outsides in hopes of elevating your insides. And Christine, you know this well with your wardrobe is that there's this feedback loop between our mind and our body. So what happened um, was they wanted to decide, like, they wanted to research this. Can I geek out on you for a little bit with the Please. research here? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So... They wanted to see like winners and losers. Okay, we're always on the lookout for winners and losers. And that little bit of feedback, uh, backstory there about our mind is connected to our body and our body is connected to our mind. So at the University of British Columbia here in Canada, what they did was they studied congenitally blind athletes, athletes that have been blind since birth. They have never seen anyone win a race and they have never seen anyone lose a race. And yet... When they won a race, they did the same thing as every other athlete. Or think of yourself in the stand when your favorite team wins. What do you do? You make yourself as large as possible. Maybe throw your arms up in the air, even turn your heads towards the heavens and exclaim. And when these congenitally blind athletes lost a race, they did the same thing as every other athlete. They would roll their shoulders in, tuck their arms by their side and put their head down and make themselves as small as possible. Mm -hmm. So think about that. Nobody walked up and said, hey, kid, you lost a race. Here's what a loser looks like. So when we feel defeated, we look defeated. So what we know from that research is that we innately understand what winners and losers or pride and defeat looks like. And we innately understand how to see it in other people. And when we feel it, it starts to leak out through our body. So this is the act how you want to feel. I call it power on. So you can think of this, like this is all about the camera, right? Think of the power button. And in fact, my logo <laughs> is, is the power button. It's a C and a G, but think of it anywhere that you see a power button on camera or, you know, we're going live power on. And I think of three things. What is your face? What is your posture? And what is your space? because we know that confident people take up space. And oftentimes we forget about what our screensaver face is doing. So yeah. we wanna move from this to this. 
And it just looks that much more confident. So yeah. as people are looking around the room, right? But it's one of those things you have to practice. I mean, simple doesn't equal easy. You know, it's like when you haven't chewed gum for a long time and then your jaw is sore, right? Yeah. Gravity, like you said, gravity. And then we start to do this and you can, you're looking for the people in the corner and they look completely unengaged. But right. if we just thought about our posture, our face and our space and power on, that really makes a massive impact when you're on camera. You know, uh, you there's so much good information here that I kind of want to break it all down. One of the things that you said is posture, right? Let's talk about posture. So what is positive posture about body language? Let's just isolate that and talk about that first. Okay. I mean, I, I know you hit on it, but give it, give it to us in a nugget here. Okay. So a lot of us actually have text neck, which is like we're slouched yeah. over our phone, right? Like yeah. we're on our phone and we have this curve in our neck and our our shoulders are rolled in, our arms are tucked by our side. And so for a lot of the day or a lot of the time that we're on our phones, we're actually in defeat position. So we want to move out of that. And so put your shoulders back right down right now. Yeah. And it's interesting when I say that, like put your shoulders back, most of us can make a small adjustment, right? Like our shoulders do start to creep up and kind of almost turtle up in our neck we want to put that back and down. So our posture and a great little tip would be just to back up against the wall. I know my yoga teacher always said, she's like, Carly, you lead with your head because I'm thinking so much. <laughs> so sometimes it's just to back up and make sure, sure your shoulders and your head touch the wall and then walk out. And, you know, this is a great tip, even if you're working in your office or before you go live on camera, Anytime that you stand up to get a drink of water or to go to the washroom or just leave your office, just back up against the doorway and make sure that everything is aligned or when you come back into your office to sit down so that you can start muscle memory practicing this great posture. That's great. So that the, 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 the language there is confidence or uh, strength. Mm -hmm. Is that what, the, what that, that translates into, the proper posture? For sure, for okay. sure. So anyone who has confidence takes up space. So oftentimes, especially as women, we're taught to, you know, keep our hands on our lap, make ourselves very small, you know, and really try to get tiny, whereas really confident people take up more space. Think of any time somebody wins a race, right? And yeah. that doesn't mean we, we show up on camera like this, right? Like, ah, I'm ready, but <laughs> But we can do a non-aggressive way before the camera goes on. For sure, get yourself into that really high energy state by over-exaggerating that. But then once the camera comes on, be sure that you have are taking up some space. And that might even be meaning cr uncross your legs, right? Put, plant your feet firmly on the floor so that you can take up a little bit more space. And that too will even help your posture while you're sitting. That is a, such like, again, I just want to unpack all this goodness. So making yourself big, sometimes yeah. you see little kids or something, they'll walk around like this, right? It, yes. it, that is, and, and you could tell that they're, they feel defeated about something and that makes so much sense. And, and just the whole idea of like, when you want to be in a power pose, right? When you want to be in a hero shot or a power pose, it's really about making yourself big. So it makes, uh, now that you become aware of it and hopefully as the audience members become aware of it, then, you know, you think about that more because sometimes we're just not aware that we're doing 
something like that. Cause you know, you get tired, gravity takes effect, you know, but if you're on a call with a potential client, you want to exude confidence. You want to be in a good posture situation. You want to feel, you know, give that confident vibration. So it is really important in business to pay attention to this stuff and be aware of it. You mentioned trust. There's ways to show to, you know, to give that impression of being trustworthy. And I have another follow up question on that, which I'll talk about later, because this is an interesting kind of like, can you fake it? You don't want to fake it. You want to be authentic. But what is what is the what is your advice on and really showing your trusting side to your audience? So trust is one of those things that we can actually instantly send their subconscious mind signals of trust that they can trust us. And so this is a key thing that you should know on camera. So when somebody walks into the room, what's the first body part that you notice? What would you say, Christine? I would say their face, their eyes. Okay. So, and most people do say it's their face or their eyes and actually it's our hands. So our hands are the first body part that everybody's brain darts towards. Let me give you a little bit of the science and the background behind that, because all of us are unconsciously competent in this. We already already know it. So if you're sitting there thinking, no, Carla, I really look at their eyes or their face. Everybody does their hands. So our brain is hardwired for safety first. So think of it like this. If I was to come into a room and I scared you, but I didn't mean to scare you, What I do is I throw my hands up in the air and I say, oh, so sorry, it's just me. And I might even back away my head. And really what I'm trying to do is tell your brain, show the palms of my hands, and I'm trying to tell your subconscious mind, calm down, calm down, calm down. So think of it like this. Cops will say, police officers will say, put your hands hands up where I can see them, right? They don't say, show me your face, right? Let me see your hair. They're like where are your hands? So these are your trust indicators. So this is really important to know that you want to back the camera up and show your hands as much as possible. It's the subconscious mind. People won't know it, but if I, if or won't be able to explain it probably, but if I did my entire presentation with my hands behind my, my back or so close into the camera that you never, ever saw my hands, you'll just walk away going, Hmm, There's just something about that, that maybe I'm not getting the full story. So tonight, even when you're watching the news, notice which experts, all all they seem like are is a talking head or which ones, as soon as their hands come up above where you can see them, that's when you get that signal of trust. And it is the reason why news anchors read the news with their hands above the desk. Yeah. Not just for some of it, but for all of it, right? So especially as women where we're taught to keep our hands on our lap, make sure that your hands are up onto the desk and that you can see it in the camera frame when you're speaking. That's so interesting. And, you know, when you explain the science behind it, it makes a lot of sense. So let me let me just do a little uh, the follow up question on this, because um, Mm -hmm. well, actually, I have a couple now, but I tend to talk a lot with my hands and sometimes I feel like it can be distracting, actually. But, you know, so it's something that I have to, like, tone down a little bit. What is your take on that? I know now we've established that really, you know, people seeing your hands is very is a trustworthy uh, thing to do. But how about people that talk with their hands? How would you advise them? What is the downside and, or what is the positive side of that? I love that you asked this question because there's always somebody going, see, I'm a, I'm a hand talker. Now I told you I could do that. But we don't want to be too jazz handsy, right? Like we want to add to our message, but we don't want to take away from it. 
So if you, if you can add some gestures that will go along with what you're saying. So for example, if I said to you, like our, our company is on the growth, right? We, we're on the upscale of this. We would like both you and I to come together in this business and I'm sure we can move forward. So as soon as we start to gesture properly, where we're, it's adding impact to our words, then it, it really can make a bigger impact with what it is that we're saying. So I'll show you the reverse of that. If I'm not congruent with what I'm gesturing and I say to you, today I have a really big idea and I'm going to break it down into three pieces. Like yeah. there's the impact of nonverbal communication. You are going to uh, believe my actions over my words. So if I can gesture, simply think of it like I want to gesture to add so to layer up a better intention onto my word if i can do that so people can not only hear what's happening but they can make sense of oh i see what's happening i'm seeing it and i'm hearing it and it it goes together so i like to think of it like this this is your trust plane here and your hands as they move up is your passion plane so if, if i spoke the entire time with my hands up here you'd be like she's way too passionate but at the same time, if I spoke always with my hands down here, that's not much energy. So as soon as I raise my hands just to this <clears throat> middle zone here, which is like your stomach area, notice all of a sudden that makes me just a little bit, taking up a little bit more space, which is really good. Or you can use the arms on your chair. And then your hands are from the gesture zone, that normal passion plane, kind of that middle of the way. And then what I like to think of it, if you're like, well, I don't know how to gesture or what to say, I think of it like holding a ball of energy. And really, I want to give the energy to you and then take it back to me. And then sometimes I might make that into a basketball and then down to a softball. What I don't want to do is squish this ball of energy. So I never want to be wringing my hands or showing any kind of nervousness like that. So just really lightly and thinking about like you're holding that baby bumblebee, right? And, and it's just the ball of energy is growing or, or getting less. And then think about any kind of purposeful actions that you can add to your words really will help the message. I mean, there's so much good pointers here that I want to like sit down and transcribe everything you're saying. This is so great. The, the, the way of using hands. So I always thought, Oh, I, I use my hands too much. So like this, I get that. That is like a little distracting perhaps. Right. But, but like you said, if you're trying to explain something, it's completely appropriate. So it's that congruency that you're looking for. So what you're saying right. and what you're doing with your hands have to be congruent and aligned, which is like the theme of everything that we do here on Waste Step Wardrobe. We want to align everything with your brand so that you're congruent. And the same goes for the way you use your body language, right? So, and you know, let me give you one of the easiest that we do that's incongruent very often. And yeah. it's because we were taught this as kids. The first word we probably learned was no, right? No, don't touch that. No, that's hot. No, you can't have that. No, stop. Don't cross the street, right? No, 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 no. So then we do something like this. Oh, you should have caught today's interview. It was just awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of doing this, it was amazing, right? So if you're telling your client, this is the best product out there, or if you say to them, this really is the best product out there. And just that little bit of a head nod, but 
making it congruent with what you're saying. Like, don't shake your head no when you're meaning yes. Oh, God. So, so good. So good. We have a question. What about a speaker that touches their fingertips together like this? Does that have any kind of, uh, you know, meaning or connotation? Yeah. So this is actually called the steeple and you will see them often do this on the dragon's den. And so this is kind of that universal confidence gesture. Now, some people feel that it's a little bit awkward for them to do this. And so I like to say you can always just bring your hands lightly together. Just make sure you're not ever squishing them together. So this this steepling is is a good gesture to to do. And it allows, you know, your hands are brought up so that you are already into that great passion plane there. Not not overly passionate and not your hands down by your side. So I think that's a great thing to do. And your hands aren't squished together. So interesting. So Lori is on here and she's, uh, she agrees with what you're saying. It makes so much sense to her. And she's saying that you're amazing. So that's a wonderful compliment. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being here, Lori. Thank you for participating. We are, uh, we have a really special giveaway then from Carla. So stick around so you can get that. So we talked about some negative gestures and some positive gestures, right? So we talked about hand signals and give me some examples of other things are considered not a good idea or negative things that one you've seen people do that don't necessarily convey the right message. Sure. Yeah. So body language, there really isn't any right or wrong. There's a spectrum and then you get to decide, right? Because at times you really want to send that like back off. I'm not interested. And at times you want to send that. I want to create the connection. The power is knowing when you're sending what signals so that you're not inadvertently sending the wrong signal. So here's one that I think a lot of people forget about, and that is our vocal power. Mm -hmm. So this is the instrument that we all play. So there's the three main pillars of communication are body language, which would be how you stand, how you dress, how you walk into a room. The second one is our vocal power. So that's your tone, your volume, your cadence. And our third one is our words, the words that we say. So we're using that body language and the vocal power to put the intentions behind the words that we're saying. So one of the things that often happens when we get in front of a big client that we're really trying to close that sale or we're on a live or we're in front of our peers or something (laughs) like that, where we're a little bit nervous is that our vocal cords actually tense. And then we tend to do two things. So let me introduce yourself, introduce myself twice and notice the difference. The first one sounds like this. Hi, my name is Carla Gradine. Or the second one I could say, hi, I'm Carla Gradine. So what we want to do is slam their brain with competence and warmth. It's the top two things that Harvard Business School researched that said people judge you on the most is are you competent and do you care about other people? And so what happens with our vocal cords is that when we get nervous, they tense and we tend to speak in just a little bit of a higher tone. And so you want to think of the tone of like lovers or a mother with a child or a radio voice where you have that lower soothing tone. So we don't want to talk up here, right? Which is what happens typically when we get nervous, we have just a bit of higher range. We want to lower that. And then we don't want any of that up speak or what we sometimes call the valley girl speak, where we go up at the end of our sentences. 
And this is a key one, Christine, that a lot of my clients say, oh, I don't do that. And the beauty in our training is we record them in the beginning and we record them at the end and they notice like, oh, I did do that. So it would sound like this. Hi, my name is Carla Grudin. I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I'm excited to be here with you today. I can't wait to get started. And we go up, up, up. So yeah. instead, you want to go down at the end of your, your sentences. And the next Zoom call that you're on, watch. I mean, it just it naturally happens with everybody. And if we haven't been trained in some sort of radio or TV to, to hear our own voices, and it's probably the one thing that most people don't do is like listen or watch themselves back on recording because they're like, I hate the sound of my own voice or I can't stand how I look. And then they can't make any improvements, improvements or know um, what changes they might need to make. Guilty. I'm guilty. I, I, <laughs> I know actually, it's hard. Yeah, I've, I have watched a lot of my, my shows back and sometimes I'm like, oh, I got, I got really high over there. And, uh, you know, part of it is I do get nerves and part of it is yeah. I'm not, I wasn't aware, but the more I watched and I heard myself back and got feedback from Rick, my producer, who's always giving me, co you know, constructive uh, feedback, the more I realize just how, how squeaky my voice can get sometimes. And, try to adjust that. Uh, you know, I, I think also that tone in your voice, that that what the, the contrast between the two, the right way and sort of the, the better way and the, the less mm -hmm. desirable way is that you 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 sound grounded and you mm -hmm. sound more confident, right? And that's what the viewer wants from somebody who's speaking with them or to them, you know? So, so it really does give that confident feeling when the voice is more grounded and rich and, and not at the highest uh, pitch that they yeah. would they have so that's a that's actually something i've experienced that i've tried to correct and I, I i completely see how people can just not be aware of it and um really yeah, good you know i i love that you have said that because i think sometimes we can look at somebody like yourself and go oh she she doesn't get nervous and i think to understand that it happens to everybody is is very humbling and um you know it's the one level of of all of us is that we're all hardwired the same and that we can all find instances and you know the research that they found was um they did studied doctor malpractice suits and they warbled the, the words and the highest malpractice suits was based on tone alone oh. so it had nothing to do if you think about that it had nothing to do with their competence level they were sued for malpractice based on their empathy or their warmth, which is coming through in our voice. Absolutely. I've actually heard that study um, before. I don't know what venue I heard it, but they did that comparison between the doctors that got sued and those who didn't. And it wasn't what we think it is. It was more mm -hmm. exactly along those lines where doctors who are more liked, likable, which probably yeah. comes through in tone, of course, were the ones that even if they committed something negligent usually don't get sued by their patients because they're liked right and yeah. but but the opposite was you know if if they weren't like they're more likely to get sued so that is really interesting and it has everything to do with tone because it's not you know it's how you pe you make people feel right it's aligned with everything we're talking about oh my gosh i am this is such a great show because like i said it translates not only on camera which is of course our focus here on waste up order but People can use this in all areas of their lives, mm -hmm. you know. So another thing that we didn't hit on yet is eye contact. Tell me about that because you know, as a pe as as now we are on on the in the virtual world, 
we're always advised to do make eye contact with the camera as opposed to look at the person, which is a very difficult thing to do. It's a very um, difficult task to skill to really get better at. But, you know, it is really important to look at the camera, they say. So tell me if you have a, a take on that. And let's talk about eye contact on camera and off camera so we can make a contrast if, if there is one. Sure. I think eye contact, first and foremost, and now that we're wearing masks is the, the time and age that we're in right now. Actually, eye contact is now more important than ever. So we don't get the feedback from the greater part of our face, which, which second to our hands, by the way, is then we focus on our face and particularly we're focusing here on our face. So eye contact really is important that we create that eye contact. Now, again, it's a spectrum that we don't want too much or too little, right? Like if you just stare at me, you never ever blink. They'll be like, oh, like that, that's just way too much. So uh, we, like to, we like to maintain about the same amount of eye contact that they do, but eye contact actually releases oxytocin, which is the connection hormone. And so it's great to, even if you are on a call where you don't have a video in front of you, to just to put up their picture from their LinkedIn profile, close everything else down so that you can see their face. It does create that oxytocin in us. And therefore it will translate into the tone of our voice, even to the way that we're sitting, the way that we're feeling and the way that we connect with them, even if it's just a voice call. So when it comes to eye contact, I, I like to say on camera, it's really is about the level of height of your camera more than you should worry about the eye contact because I see a lot of people and you've probably had other experts on the show discuss this is that they just have that camera angle incorrect so if we have a laptop let me start with a desktop a desktop is probably higher than where you're sitting on the chair and so it would be looking down on you and when we create any of that height difference it is like, think of it like a mother and a child or a father and a child. There becomes this authority uh, difference. So somebody who is looking from above is more dominant and somebody who is looking from underneath is um, less dominant. And so we wanna be right on par with our clients. So what most people do is they're on a laptop and they set it on their desk and their laptop is lower than what their chair is and they're looking down onto their clients. And so we don't want that to happen. And a, a really foolproof fast tip is just look, can you see the ceiling in your frame? And if you can see the ceiling in your frame, you probably have the camera angle incorrect. So make sure that you put that so that you would think like if this person was sitting right in front of me, where would their chair be? And where would their head be? And that's where I would want this camera to be at. Um, and then back it up so that they can see more than just up to the bottom of your chin, but they can actually see your trust plane and that you can use your hands and they can see your trust indicators. You know what? That is so good. <laughs> Again, that that I've never never thought about the camera being level with your eye as a, a dominant or less dominant thing. But it's it makes so much sense, right? If you're looking down at somebody, it gives this feeling, and if you're looking up at somebody, it gives another feeling, and it's all that mm -hmm. intuitive subconscious things that are going on. I, that is really great. So there's the reason why virtual nation, we have to have our cameras in the right spot 
if right. anything, we, we want to be on the right, same level field the as the people we're level. talking to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so for that reason alone, I think that will be a big motivator for people to really focus on uh, looking at the lens. What powerful, really powerful information. These small adjustments can make a big impact in the way you're perceived. Don't you think, Carla? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's, there's nothing, this is really simple stuff, but it's not always easy to do because yeah. we've created the habits over time. And, and it is like you've said, and I, I've heard you uh, speak as well. And you say it over and over, it's a small change, but it makes a massive impact. And it's unreal how just changing a little bit of tone of your voice or a little bit of, of your posture, a little bit of how you're, how you're sitting or a little bit of, about how you're holding your face can make all the world in the difference to the person who's receiving it. Absolutely. Wonderful. Great information. Really important for us uh, doing business from home and trying to show up in our best light and aligned with our brand. So one more thing that I want to cover is, is expressions. Is there certain expressions that are perceived as negative or positive, or can you just kind of give us a, a little bit of insight into facial expressions? Mm -hmm. So Dr. Paul Ekman really is the guru in this area. There are 10,000 different facial expressions, but seven of them are universal. And if you've ever seen the movie Inside Out, I love that movie because it talks about five of them. And so um, he found that there are seven that are across cultures, ages, and genders that are universal to everyone, but only one can be seen from 300 feet away. And that is a smile. So I want you to think about where the smile happens. And it's not the mother-in-law smile. You know, that one where you go, yes, I would so love to come over and help you, right? <laughs> that one, the smile that goes all the way up into your eyes. Again, it's that whole warmth thing and, and the likability and empathy that's so key for leaders and connection is that it's happening up here in your eyes. So if you want to test it or try it to see like, can I actually make this smile happen in my eyes? So it's not really about this. And you know, uh, we can hear a smile over the phone and we can see a smile even when we're wearing a mask, right? Is because it's happening in the corners of our eyes. So you can take a pen or you can take your finger and put it between your teeth and just pull, try practice pulling these areas back to see like engaging these little muscles around your eyes. And that's really where the smile happens from. And so we can, man, in my workshops, in my training, I put fake smiles up against happy smiles. And even in people's LinkedIn profile pictures, and they decide, right, we're thin slicing, and we're deciding, do I want to work with somebody or not? And oftentimes, that whole power on when I say think of your top down, right, your, your face, your posture and your space. The first one is your face, because I think a lot of times we can have this resting angry face. And we know, I mean, you can see the wrinkle patterns on people. You're like, holy smokes, they hold anger more or they hold happiness more. And if I can just finish up with this thought that, remember I said that our mind affects our body, but our body affects our mind. And so when I learned this piece, this was life-changing for me because I always had these two little lines here. And one time this girl said to me, Carla, are you upset? And I said to her, no, I'm thinking. Like I was deep in thought, right? But my, my thinking face was an angry face. And what I now know from the research is that our body affects our mind. 
So if I'm holding my body in an angry face, I start to feel less happy. And I don't want to do that. I know that I can perform better. Everyone can perform better if we are in a more pleasant state. And so if it's not for somebody else that you're willing to change your face, um, think about it for yourself. Like, how do you want to feel throughout the day? Do you want to feel just okay? Or do you want to feel good, really good about things? And so think about engaging that piece. It doesn't mean, Christine, that you have to have a crazy grin on your face, right? But engage your face because our screensaver face quite a bit, I call it our screensaver (laughs) face, right? Can become one of these like, oh, wow, right? Again, so much to unpack in that information that you just gave us, because I always, I have this uh, philosophy that when we started wearing masks, I'm like, oh, the worst thing about wearing masks is that we can't see people smile anymore. So now we have to learn to smile with our eyes. So this sort of really reinforces that idea. And it's uh, giving people more practice and really trying to be expressive with those eyes and be friendly with, with your eyes. So another Another arena where we're not really but wearing masks on camera, but it is yeah. everything's so connected. And it's it's just such an interesting topic, really. I feel like we have to have uh, part one and part two. So he, so here's the thing, because I, I am a with you on that focus look, right? When I'm focused, mm-hmm. I'm like this. And uh, I had somebody tell me once, it was my aunt. She goes, why are you, why are you grinning like that? Are you upset? I'm like, Oh, no, I didn't even know I was doing that because I was just focused on what I was doing. Right. But he, he, but here's the thing. If people I mean, some people just have a natural expression that is maybe not a smiling expression or they have a harder time with it. How like how how can they start really adjusting that? Like, how did you get out of that focus that, Mm -hmm. you know, angry focus look or how can I do that? Or if somebody just has that look on their face when they're resting, that isn't that friendly, warm one, and it really is no fault of their own. They just don't think about it. What can they do as a small adjustment to, to practice getting better at that? And you know, mine, I realized like it had taken over my life when I was shopping in Bermuda and I was walking down the street and I'm in this glorious, on this glorious island and a friend of mine drives by and he yells out the window, Carla, fix your face. And I said to him, after that was so rude. And he was like, well, why are you scowling? Like, what were you doing? And I'm like shopping and I was having a good time. And so I didn't even know that that's what my face was. And I think that's why when we get on camera, when we are on FaceTime, we are busy looking at ourselves we have to see ourselves. And so we don't even know when we're holding that scowl on our face. And, you know, somebody back when we were in offices might walk by our door and be like, oh, uh, I was going to ask you a question and, you know, and you're sitting there scowling at your desk and you're like, no, no, come in. I'm always open for questions, right? But now it's the same thing is translating online on these Zoom calls and people are sitting there and they've got this same screensaver face. And so what I realized was that I wasn't sending a message of I am open for questions. Mm-hmm. I do want to hear your thoughts. And so it was a really tough change for me. And what I uh, started to do was put a mirror on my desk right beside my computer so that I could every so often glance at myself and catch myself and be like, what is my face? What is my posture? What is my space? And especially on key things like before the phone rang, when the phone rang, before I answered it, like, what is my face? And start to really practice in different moments or when I'm deep in thought, practice 
Like, can I hold my face differently? And I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't always accomplish it, but look for triggers that can remind you like a mirror on your desk, or like I said, every time you leave or enter your office, think about again, um, what is my face doing so that you can start to create a new muscle memory. And then on the flip side of us reading other people, I know that um, there are people, I think it's called Bell's palsy, where one side of their face is actually um, uh, paralyzed and, and they can't smile. And it's very hard for them because um, people read them wrong. Yeah. And so it just shows the power of what expression we hold on our face. And so I think the other thing is to remember to baseline somebody. And that means what are they like typically? Like, is that typically what they hold on their face? Then they probably are not angry at me in this instance. But our brain makes three incorrect errors. And what it does is it looks for the negative because we are all hardwired for safety. Safety first. It finds meaning in one gesture. So anything that's negative, like a scowl on the face, will override anything else. And then we don't consider the context. And so we really should understand like, what is the context of this situation? So it's important that people understand there is no right or wrong or good or bad, or this is the body language laws and this is how it always works. We have to consider the context and say, in this con context, uh, you know, we're not going to walk up to somebody and be like, fix your face. <laughs> like Vaughn did to me driving down the street there. But um, just understand that that's their baseline. And so they're probably not upset at you at that time. And then notice how it impacts you. And if you have any of any of those, um, I say we all have a little master in disaster in us that we don't even know we're creating um, a barrier between the influence and impact that we want to have. So a, a quick tip I would say is just put a mirror on your desk. Uh, wonderful tip. What a great idea. Cause that way you have a check, you can check yourself and, and keep yourself, you know, uh, in that, friendly, welcoming facial expression. Anne-Marie Keen is really enjoying this topic. She says it's a great topic. I, I and I, I agree. I think everything here has, I, I just want to go back and like, and study everything. I mean, we've covered thin slicing, psychology, gesturing, uh, what to do, what not to do, why our hands are so important. You know, as we're wrapping up, I want to ask you if there's one mistake that most people do on camera that is easy to fix what would that one thing be hmm. one mistake on camera when it comes to well, body language you know i really would say probably not thinking about the energy that they're creating like i think sometimes it's really hard when we're not with other people in the room, creating that energy that we feel together, right? It's a different experience when we're with each other. And so, I mean, while it's better than just being on the phone, having a video conference allows us to create another level of connection. But I think sometimes we can forget about our energy, that we are responsible for the energy that we bring and that it does translate through the camera. Yeah. And um, some of the research that they found about energy and about contagiousness, here, here's a cool one, okay? Yeah, about, yeah. They wanted to see, are emotions contagious? 
And so what they did was they had people run on a treadmill and they collected their sweat. They had them wearing sweat pads. Okay. They ran on the treadmill. They took these sweat pads off. Then they had them jump out of an airplane wearing other sweat pads. Then they took these sweat pads off. Then they took a whole new group of people in to the lab. They hooked them up to an fMRI machine. They did not tell them what these sweat pads were all about. They just said, smell the pads. Ew. Anyway, and they were watching what was happening in their brain. And when they smelled the sweat pads of the people running on the treadmill, nothing happened in their brain. But when they smelled the sweat pads of the people jumping out of the airplane, fear lit up in their brain too. And so emotions are contagious. And when we think about that, like we can tell what, like you probably said that before, like you can just feel that somebody's desperate or that they want this too bad or that they're trying too hard or those kinds of things. We have to remember on the flip side, confidence is contagious. And so those little tiny differences that you can make to just think about powering on what is my face? How am I going to use my voice that for the duration of this call, I'm going to work at holding my face in a pleasant gesture. I'm going to show my hands, those kinds of things. I think that's the most impactful. And if you think about a, a piano, if you walked into a store full of pianos and you struck one key on one piano, the C key, all the other C keys strings on the other pianos would start to reverberate. And the same thing happens with our energy. It is contagious and it can be felt this through the screen. And you know, you've had those conversations with somebody where you haven't even said anything and they walk away and they're like, I just love that girl. Like it's just, <laughs> right? And, and you're like, I didn't say a word, right? But it's your energy. And so it might be that, you know, you are the person with the client and it's one-on-one, -on -one, or maybe you're just sitting off to the side and you are a participant within that meeting, but understand that your energy matters too. Whether yeah. you are speaking front and center, you're off to the side, the energy that you bring uh, really is impactful to other people. Uh, again, such great wisdom in all of this conversation. It is really packed with wisdom today's show. I mean, we got, we talked about, you know, uh, energy, which is something again you don't see but it's very much there right and how we impact each other and one another and how it became a little bit more difficult to do that through the camera but can be done if we're aware of how to do it so you are amazing carla i Aww. it's such a wealth a wealth of information that you gave to our viewers today i'm just so so lucky that, and I feel so honored that you came on the show and shared all your, your wisdom. And I want to just finally say, is there something I didn't ask that you really need to share with the audience before we go into the Waste Up Wardrobe weekly wrap up? I think I just want people to understand that this isn't just for people who have low confidence or uh, people who are in, in university and starting to try to get a job. This is for the highly successful people. I mean, all of us have been doing this since birth, but most of us have never gotten any formal training on it. And there's this fun story of these two fish swimming along and the older fish is swimming the other way. And he says, morning boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim by and then they look at each other and they say, what the hell is water? 
And it's kind of like that with nonverbal communication. Like it's been around us since birth and we've had to master it in order to raise children. Yet most of us don't get any formal training on it. And so we're quick to say, oh yeah, body language, like I know that. Stand up tall, make good eye contact, keep your hands out of your pockets. Yeah, but you know, that girl over there or that guy over there, he really needs your help, right? And I think the most powerful leaders and the most influential people are always looking at themselves and are always saying, what can I do to change the energy or the things that I bring to this situation? Because the only person that you can change is yourself. And I want you to know that I'm on this journey with you. I mean, I didn't discover body language until a few years ago. And then I was like, wow, this is a missing piece that through my two degrees, nobody had ever taught me about it. And it really is the key to turn up your influence and impact and to make a better connection. And it really is at the end of the day about leaving people better than you found them. And the wonderful, I guess, benefit of that is that you feel better too. That is just really, really good. Just good information that can be useful in all areas of the li of life. So we always end Waste Up Wardrobe with a Waste Up Wardrobe weekly wrap up so that we can summarize the key points for our viewers. So if there's one takeaway, I mean, there was a lot that you sprinkled throughout, but if there's one major takeaway, what would that be, Carla, to take away today? I would say power on. So I've got power little, every, anytime you see something powered on, I've got power symbols around, but your computer has a power button on it. Anything that has a power button on it, when you see it, think about posture, face and space. Am I powered on? Excellent. That's a great tool and a great tip. So any other tips and tools that you can offer the audience today? Yeah. So the tip I would say is back your camera up just a little bit so that you can get your hands into the shot. So don't, don't make it too close cropped in. Make sure that you can gesture and that you can show these trust indicators every so often and align that with what you're saying, right? Not, no jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. And finally, action items. Let's put, let's put our viewers right into action so that they can today start implementing some of these things that they need to be aware of. It's really about the awareness. So, so what are those action items? So one of the action items I would say is put that mirror on your desk, because if you're, I mean, the best would be to record yourself on the next Zoom call or video call that you have, or even phone calls so that you can listen back to your voice and so that you can see what you're doing, not to pick yourself apart, but just to say, hey, what am I doing great? And maybe what's one thing that I could work on? Put a mirror on your desk, check yourself every so often. Those are really great things that you can start to do right now and find one trigger that you could use to remind yourself of the information that you found today. So if it, that's a doorway is your trigger, then use the doorway as your trigger. And that's always what you're going to do to just think of one thing that you're working on at a time. Because simple does not mean that it's easy. Absolutely. And baby steps is my philosophy. You can't implement everything all at once. So we have a trigger word today. It's hashtag signal and shine. And for those viewers that are on and everybody that re listens to the replay until the end of the day today, if you insert the hashtag signal and shine, Carla has a, has a giveaway for you today. So Carla, can you tell us about it? 
Yes, if any of this stuff intrigued you and you want to learn more or find out about how you can learn more, I would love to jump on a free 15-minute call with you to have a little chat about what your goals are or how you would like to tap into this information and point you in the right direction. Excellent. And we're going to leave this offer open until the end of the day because we have a ton of people that are going to watch and listen to the, the replay as often they do because, you know, some people work it, but they're very interested in the topic. So the trigger word is signal and shine and Eloise put that in in the in the in the chat box she is interested in it carla will connect with you and it's going to be an invaluable experience because because this is something that everybody needs whether you're working not working whatever you do you want to be paying attention and be aware of your body language so there you have a virtual nation that is the waste up wardrobe weekly wrap up and we thank carla for being here and thank you for joining thank us you. today on the Waste Up Wardrobe show and being a part of it. And tune in next week, next Thursday at 1130, same time, same place, where we're going to be discussing what your dress codes, what the dress code spectrum is for working at home. Are you supposed to be business formal or casual or are you supposed to be in between? Well, it all depends. And that's going to be the topic of the conversation next week when I tell you and I um, give you insight into what the right thing to wear on camera is depending on the work that you do. So please join us next week and tell a friend. Mm -hmm.